I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. In addition to Chris Ronzio and CMO of Trainual, Jonathan Ronzio being brothers, they're both multifaceted in their career endeavors and personal lives. Jonathan is also one of two hosts on a podcast called The Stokecast. They invited Chris on for an episode and as a result had a great conversation that fans of this show will be sure to appreciate as well. It's a well-rounded chat about their relationship as brothers, Chris's entrepreneurial journey, how he has managed type 1 diabetes since age 7, and pushing the boundaries of his personal growth. So sit back and enjoy. I actually, I want to throw it back to um, something you brought up just a little bit ago in the conversation, though, back to childhood and how you you mentioned, um, you know, getting diabetes as a kid. You were seven years old, right? And um, I I want to know, like, beyond just the going door to door and getting comfortable, like, you know, asking for money for a fundraiser and how that translated to to just talking to people and maybe the skills, like sales skills, how do you think that that, you know, that diabetes as a, as a kid affected, you know, all other aspects of how you approach life, work, um, you know, athletics, et cetera. I mean, I think it affected everything tremendously. It's like, it's hard to pick it apart. I remember we were on a family trip once in a hotel room and like you had already gone to bed and mom had stayed up with me because I was giving myself a shot or whatever. And I remember just crying and being like, you know, why do I have to do this? Why me? And mom was always so sympathetic to that. And she, she told me, you know, it's, it's because you can handle it or whatever, you know, you're only given, you're only dealt the, the things that you could actually handle. And, and so, you know, as an eight year old or whatever I was learning the, the, you know, shedding that victimhood, that's like so young to experience that and have that baked into your DNA of how you perceive everything else going forward. So, I mean, there was that, there was like, I would always have to go to the school nurse when I was, uh, you know, before lunch to like check my blood sugar. And so I remember walking through the halls feeling like, like I had this special privilege when everybody else is in class and I'm released a few minutes earlier. And I liked that sense of like, yeah, I can do whatever I want. I, like, I'm not going to get in trouble for walking the halls, you know, so that like that was probably, you know, p- part of what makes me like, you know, these these uh, sort of like VIP kind of experiences is it's like that feeling of, you know, I I'm I, I want to be special. I want to like have cool experiences and build something that's, that's really cool. So I think, you know, there's that. And then there's just like like the analytical side of counting carbohydrates and measuring doses and carb blood sugar ratios, you know, made me really good at math as a kid because I had to, you know, unlike everybody else, I had to eat a piece of toast and be like, that's 1.4 units of insulin, you know, and, and I was constantly doing that kind of math in my head. So it's, you know, one, a a life-changing thing, like getting diabetes as a kid, you don't, 
you don't know the infinite ways that that impacts you. But I think the the biggest lesson I took from it was you're gonna be dealt whatever comes your way. And, you know, you've got to think, what's the silver lining here? How do I build from this instead of how does this break me down? Well, that, that right there is a struggle for so many people. That's the, the biggest thing, right? Like wh- whether you, you were dealt a, you know, a, a disease um, or depression or, or whatever it may be, a, a massive like, you know, career derailing injury. Um, how, how do you really lean into more of that like build up mindset instead of break down? Well, I think when something bad happens, you give yourself a second to process it. Like you don't react immediately. You just have to sit back and say, let me collect all the facts. What's going on here? That's probably another thing I learned from the diabetes. Like the more you're asking me this, I feel like I should write a book on on, <laughs> on diabetes or something. But, you know, like you, you if I go to the nurse's office when I'm a kid and I've got like a bad blood sugar, there's this this thinking process you have to go through of like, OK, I have to treat this. I've got to have like some short acting sugar to get my, my sugar up. Then I need to have some, something with protein or whatever to sustain me. And then I need to plan through the afternoon and I need to come back here in two hours to deal with the nurse again because she doesn't trust me. And like the, you know, there's this, this action plan that you have to prioritize. And so I think for any hard thing that someone's going through, you, you treat it the same way. You sit back and you say, okay, what are all the facts? How do I get out of this? What's the, what's the, the tactical next steps to deal with this because there's really nothing to gain from just being bummed and just depressed and sitting here and, and, you know, worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Again, I keep using the word invaluable, but I just really feel like that's, that's what that is. I mean, you could have gone a really different way and you could still be in that head spiral of like, why me, why me, why me, instead of reframing it. And I think the reframing is like the hardest part, especially like, I mean, as a child, I'm sure you're not like, well, this is actually, it makes me special. But now you can look back and like, (laughs) (laughs) you can look back and like, think about how the in the ways that you just did, like how it can be helpful to you. So I would encourage folks too. I mean, maybe that's a good reminder for folks that are still struggling with the things that they really feel have been like unfair and unfairly dealt to them in their life, you know, to maybe revisit those and and think of ways that, you know, just changing the narrative around them, like literally writing that down, reframing it, reframing how it actually impacted you in positive ways um, and working through it that way. Because I, I think that that is something that will be incredibly beneficial official to like their overall happiness towards the rest of their life, you know? Definitely. And I think, you know, another, another lesson that came out of it is the being vulnerable or almost like unapologetic. You know, I, I had this thing that I had to deal with as a kid and there was no stopping the fact that I've got to take medicine at a certain time, or I've got to carry around this like blood glucose checker thing. And I'd go to birthday parties or whatever. And kids would be like, what is that? And I always just had to get comfortable with saying, oh, this is what I'm doing. And here's what it is. Whereas at the beginning, I wanted to hide it. I was I I felt different. I felt nervous. I didn't want people to see it. But over, you know, 25 years or, or more of this, it just became comfortable to not have to apologize and be like, yep, this is what I'm doing. Do you have any questions? And now I've got some great stories to tell when I speak about that sort of thing. But um, I think that's it's another important lesson that like you are whoever you are, you don't have to hide back things. 
Yeah, don't apologize for what makes you you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so <laughs> I no, I, I just was kind of sitting with that for a sec. I really do feel like you need to yeah. do, do something with all of these lessons um, coming out of you know diabetes as a kid and into a business owner, right? Like there, there's a Jonathan, story there. He's but... delegating to you. Don't let it. Don't let it happen. <laughs> don't produce his no, book yeah. while I'm, we're here. I'm not writing the book. I'm not writing the book. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> who runs our marketing again? I forget. I've got to, <laughs> oh, to put, put them in touch. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, no, I, I want to tie the parallel though, to, um, to also like what you were doing with sports growing up. And, and I know that, you know, you, you joked coming onto the show, I think before we hit record that like, normally we have pro skiers on here and you've snowboarded once in your life. And like the last time you skied, you'd fell down a mountain or, uh, or no, actually the last time was in Tahoe and, and you did all right. Right. <laughs> that was not that bad. That was not that bad. Yeah, it just, but it got to a point in the day though, where I was like, you know, um, injury is almost certain. I should probably get off the mountain. Like I, my, my chances <laughs> were like 50, 50 at the beginning of the day. And then it was to the point that like, if I went another run, I would probably die. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know board sports and, and uh, outdoor extreme stuff was was never well, it never used to be your thing. And you're getting a little more into it now with a lot of trail running and mountain running and um, and doing triathlons. I know what just two weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago you did the half Ironman. Yeah, that was crazy. But but Good there's, there's a, a, a really interesting kind of, I guess, graph where Early on, I, as I recall, you were just an all-star athlete in baseball and basketball. You played football, except like you, you did everything and were on all the traveling sports teams, like starting point guard, etc., while managing school and diabetes and, and the, you know, building a business. And, and then you kind of, after college, let that, that side of your life go and, and got to the point where just two years ago, how, how did you feel if you ran two miles? <laughs> horrible one one qualifier though i was terrible at football i was never <laughs> good at football i remember this like really mean like the the kid that would be on the on the mean team in a disney movie like stepped on my chest and and uh that that's my memory of football he pushed me over and stepped on my chest and i never played football again so but aside from football yeah i as a kid i really liked sports and and I was able to put a lot of energy into that. And then I think as, as I got older, the business took so much more of my energy that it felt like, you know, doing things, uh, athletic was, was like a video game. You know, I, I felt like that's fun and I'll do it if I have time for it, but I'm getting so much joy and excitement out of building a business that this is where I really want to put all my time and I lost track of the health benefits of the the fitness side. So I was, you know, the the only real activity I did was like running through airports. I would I would joke and like I I committed to doing a 5K two years ago, and I remember training and I went out and ran like a mile and a half and felt like back pain so severe that I had to like sit down on the curb before I got home and stretch it out, and I <laughs> I couldn't finish the run, so. It was just like uh, I had kind of let it go, and so so that was happening. Kind of like for for me, I I was not the athletic kid. I like kind of played some sports, but I was more into like skateboarding and snowboarding. And then it was like when you stopped doing all of that is when I got really into like serious mountaineering and outdoor endurance sports and Spartan races, etc. And 
And I remember going to um, California with you and dad and, and asking you to go for like a 5K, you know, run and we, we couldn't finish it. Um, and, you know, and now fast forward to you just doing a half Ironman. I'm curious, uh, well, to give the context to everybody else, like what, what changed kind of in your life to, to get you back on track in that sphere? And how are you managing that with everything else that's going on? Well, I think the big thing that changed was I saw how connected your fitness was to your business performance or your family connection was to your your health and just everything so interconnected and how I was feeling about myself and, you know, how how I felt, um, you know, the strength wise and just going about my day to day was kind of one of those things I was starting to brush you know, I was feeling like overweight and I was kind of just brushing that under the rug and feeling that vulnerability around it. And I think the the big change was, you know, fr- another friend of ours, Russ, and and uh, this event we all went to was was it really stood out to me that this was a story I was telling myself that like I, I was too busy or I didn't have time or, you know, the diabetes had like starting to started to uh, take its toll on my body. I was, I was feeding myself all of these sort of stories. And the challenge was, you know, let's set a goal that feels so crazy. It is like potentially unattainable, but it'll be a good thing to shoot for. And so I remember thinking what, what would be so crazy? And now months before you had been doing these OCR things. And, and I, I think I made a comment to you, like, I, I'd rather, you know, sit on the couch all day than, than do one of those races or, you know, you're crazy. I'll watch it on TV, something like that. And so that was the first thing that popped into my head was how cool would it be if I did one of those races with Jonathan? And so, you know, coming, coming out of that, the, the event, I, that was what I committed to is I was going to do a Spartan race. And that's what I gave you that year for Christmas was me and you were going to do a Spartan race together. So that, that kind of jumpstarted it. Yeah, I love that. Also, I love that. Okay, I know you guys are very close already, but I love that you're going back and forth with just telling each other how much you the other like has inspired you. It's <laughs> 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 like really warming my little little heart. Um, is, is that is that what's happening? I, I, I didn't I think realize it that. Sounds nice. I think it sounds really sweet. Um, this will be a holiday episode. We could package yeah, this one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, okay. Hey, this is our thing, man. This isn't train you all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You guys are always thinking. Um, but yeah, so I mean, getting back into it, like what did training look like? And also what did training look like for someone with diabetes? And like, how do you fuel yourself when you're going on like adventures, especially now when you're like training for triathlons and doing, you know, some mountain running and some bigger stuff, like how to, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So when I first started just running around my neighborhood, a couple miles, two, three miles, it was really just wanting to do that sustainably. Like I wanted to be able to run comfortably for two to three miles without the back pain. And, you know, I was running like nine or 10 minute miles or something like that. And, um, it just needed to, to build that habit. And so with diabetes, there's this measurement of your average blood sugar called an A1C. And I really liked the idea that I could set a measurable target, both health wise with my A1C, my average blood sugar, and also fitness wise with my speed, uh, you know, running a 5k or whatever it was. 
And so I set these targets of, you know, I wanted my, my blood sugars below a certain level and I wanted my speed at a certain speed. And then I just started tracking it. So, you know, I used Strava and just started tracking all my runs and, and mapping, mapping that. The hardest part, I think, was the nutrition side, because when I first got started, my body was not used to running at all. I would I'd run for like four minutes and my blood sugar would just plummet. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and, and, and so I'd need to bring like all this, uh, you know, these gel packs and glucose stuff with me. And and I noticed my body changed a lot in the first six to eight months that I was running where, um, it, you know, at the beginning I was just dropping like crazy. And then all of a sudden I was going the other way and like adrenaline was making my blood sugar go the other way. So the the, the big lesson I learned was just tracking everything, you know, have, have goals of what I'm trying to hit, but then, you know, constantly monitoring, monitor the glucose and test different amounts of carbs that I was taking before and test eating like in the middle or not eating until the end and suspending my insulin pump. And so it's just been like this constant, um, turning, you know, tweaking, turning the dials and trying to figure out what works. And as I increase the distance, the formula changes because, you know, what worked for five miles doesn't work for 15 miles. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.